0: body
1: the blood the michelada a, a podcast. podcast today i just want to start by saying that i made some blackberry mojitos and they are super delicious they're very they're good. good they are you're really welcome, welcome I, I
0: already downed two of them i
1: know i had to make you another one no. but that's okay because what i i just got a mouthful of mint mm-hmm.
2: mm. um
1: recipes for that blackberry mojito today will be available on our tumblr and our instagram at BB Michelata. At BB Michelata. please follow us. We need the attention. Like Tinkerbell will die without it. I think I die with it though. Why am I doing this? Just just enough. Okay. Too much is uh, will die and not enough will die. I mean, I'm dying anyway,
3: so that's true. But, but you, I think Paul and I are fine. Just just me. I'm just dying. It's because <laughs> it's it's honestly because of the attention. You guys thrive on it. I Sometimes I don't want it. I'm just...
0: Oh, yes, I I don't want attention. Nobody give me attention, please.
3: Please, like it, please give no, me no. attention. Stop. Stop. Like everyone no. at work, stop. Don't make me, me sing. Oh, don't Sophie,
0: follow my Instagram. That
3: podcast, when is it coming out? I hear you have a podcast. When's the podcast? Who are you? What's the podcast? What do you mean who are you? Didn't you just say there's the people from work? (laughs) Don't you see them every day? I mean there's a lot of people that work at our store every day that I never see.
0: They might know her, but they've seen
1: my name on this schedule. To be fair, a lady came into the bank yesterday and was like,
3: Hey Natalie, and I was like, stranger. (laughs) I think I'm having an episode (laughs) I'll fall back right now.
0: Well, there's a chair to catch you, so you're good.
3: Yeah, thank God I'm sitting. (laughs) Thank
1: the Lord. Anyways, go on. Um, Yeah, so um, I will be posting the recipes for this blackberry mojito um, on our Tumblr, which is bbmichelada, and our Instagram, which is also bbmichelada, if anyone would like to know how to make this blackberry mojito. Fun stuff, guys. Fun. Fun stuff. So I wanted to talk a little bit about The Ethiopian flight that just went down. You guys Mm -hmm. heard about
3: that one, right? Yeah, it's been all over the news. Yeah. NPR has been going fucking nuts over this. Yeah, Boeing came out and was like, totally our fault. I'm an old lady who listens to NPR all the time. Sophie is an old lady. It's true. That's why I'm dying.
1: (laughs) That makes sense. She's Benjamin Buttoning. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Um, And it just made me think about other weird stuff that's happened with planes. Uh
0: Uh-huh. There's a lot of weird stuff that's happened with planes.
1: It reminded me of the story of Glenn Miller. Well, everyone knows Glenn Miller, especially Mm. if you were ever in band as a kid. I was not? You were not, but you know Glenn Miller.
3: I once played the violin, but when uh, the recital came about, um, I didn't actually play it, I only mimed playing. And uh, my entire family knew. They saw it. It was very obvious. Well, it's hard to mind play a violin.
0: <laughs> we call that the disappointment of uh, 2000.
3: It wasn't 2000. 19... I believe it was
0: 1999.
3: 1999.
1: <laughs> I have to remind you, you are the youngest one. Sophie okay and pick I a were random date. in school in the 90s. <laughs> we're going to be 30 soon.
0: I was in school in the
1: 90s. What grade were you in in the 90s?
0: Okay, I was born in 93. I wasn't even that young
1: you're like first grade in the <laughs> 90s since you don't know who glenn miller is <laughs> um glenn miller was like whenever you hear swing music in movies mm-hmm. didn't oh, whenever, he do in the mood yeah he did in the mood yeah, everyone he knows did that some like serenade also at last and i gonna get you my favorite
3: oh i know because you were a man there was a man in a play that sang was a, it was a prostitute so me and natalie in high school were, were in a production of biloxi blues mm-hmm. by uh arthur miller by arthur miller who just passed away he did just pass away yeah. oh sad he'll probably come back up again during our podcast because that guy was everywhere he was also i love that play yeah um, um, Natalie played a man mm-hmm. Who liked to sing a lot in the I sang in my sleep <laughs> He and sang I, Chattanooga tribute. I was very
1: dedicated I had to bind my boobs And in the first scene of the play They kicked they kick me away And I got kicked in the chest the play <laughs> every
3: And she had to do push-ups every night And I
1: had to do push-ups bound wow. I know, dedication I played a
3: prostitute in the same play Dedication, she blew a guy every night
1: Wow, yeah, That's amazing
0: <laughs>
3: I uh, really got into it. <laughs> yeah. It's why when I graduated, uh, they um, announced my name as Sophie Hormio. So. But we're not going to get into that. Today. No. <laughs> Continue with your story. <laughs> All
1: right. Sorry, guys. Um, so Glenn Miller was like the name in swing music. So between the years of 1938 and 1943, Glenn Miller was just whipping out hit after hit. Um, he has all the jams. Yeah, he actually had 16 number one records and 69 top 10 hits. I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Along with 420 singles.
3: 420 <laughs> this weekend, guys. <laughs> we did. We're singing a track show. <laughs> it's going to be a train wreck, oh but I love it's be it. <laughs> oh, my God. Um,
1: but as everyone knows, in the 40s, we had World War II. Glenn Miller, being a red-blooded American, joined the Armed Forces. He joined the Air Force in 1942. I mean, I wouldn't say he was exactly active duty. He was playing the trombone and leading the American.
3: He did like those, what, the RSO? Yeah, I see. Like the the
1: mm-hmm. entertainment, he was with the band, and he was going to a bunch of places in Europe.
3: Okay. He was, he was helping rally the troops, basically. Yeah.
1: Well... In nineteen forty two he was due to go from England to France. He was gonna cross the English Channel. Okay, short flight. Yeah. And so he gets in the plane and is never seen again. He disappears. No one knows what happened.
0: Did they see him get on the
1: plane? Wait, what what? They saw him get on there's a couple there's a couple theories. So one the obvious theory that flight is
3: not long. How do no, you miss,
1: like a- It's not very long at all. Okay, go on. People <laughs> swim the English channel. Exactly. Like, it's not that yeah. far. Um, it's like, you're up in the air five minutes. and <laughs> um, So there's a couple of theories of what happened. The first one, obviously, the plane, the, um, they had really bad weather that day. It was
3: really foggy. I mean, that's what that area is known for.
0: Wait, so the whole plane was missing? The whole
3: just- plane went missing. Oh my oh, god. Oh. I thought you
0: meant just him went missing.
3: Yeah, like no, no, like- I'm sorry. Like, no, the whole
1: plane went <laughs> missing. Oh, oh my god. Um, so he, Is he Amelia Earhart? He's kind of like Amelia Earhart. Okay, Glenn Miller is Amelia Earhart. So instead
0: yeah. of uh, going across the ocean, he went across the English Channel. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> So it was a fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was um, a really foggy day, and It had actually been so foggy that the airport in England, where he was leaving from, and the airport in France were both closed. They had been closed for a week prior because of such bad weather, which I think is strange. Like, why would you be like, bye, Glenn Miller, you're super famous, let's just stick you on a plane, when there is known weather conditions that that are terrible. That seems
3: extremely irresponsible. Exactly. Because, well... Even if they had ulterior motives there... Mm-hmm. Like, he's a celebrity. People are going to notice. Yeah. Um,
1: there's also... He had very, like, ominous last... Like, his last recorded conversation. He had asked someone... His words were, where the hell are the parachutes? Because he was, like, expecting the plane and figuring out everything.
2: What?
1: And the... One of the guys in the military that was escorting him on the plane kind of laughed and said... What's the matter with you, Miller? Do you really want to live forever? So that was his last conversation with someone that's, like, recorded before he took off in the plane. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Um, Also, so there's a couple different ideas of what happened to him. One, obviously the plane went down. But they would have found the plane and then everyone would have known, like... Mm -hmm. Well, that's just one thing. So there is a guy who thinks he found the plane... Um, he was fishing the English Channel. He's a fisherman. And he brought up wreckage mm. from a plane. But um, because so many planes went down in the English Channel, it's actually considered a military graveyard to the English. Oh, so, so you can't, can't disturb it. You can't disturb it. Oh, wow. So when he pulled up a plane, he was like, oh, shit. And he dropped the plane back into the water. And then years later, he saw a picture of Glenn Miller's plane. And he was like, that's the plane that I brought up. Okay. And um, he's been trying ever since to try to get them to let him go back to where he found the plane. Mm-hmm. But the government's like, no, it's years later. You didn't know. At, like You didn't even see Glenn Miller's plane until maybe 10 years after the fact. They mm-hmm. We're not going to let you just go and randomly pull up wreckage. Yeah. You don't know if there's live ammunition in those planes. You don't want you just disturbing random grave sites. Like, no dice. So he thinks he found it. Um, Another theory is that, it's still involving the plane, that he went down in friendly fire. Yeah, Yeah, that he was flying the English Channel, and the British troops were actually doing bomb raids at the time. Oh. Right, yeah. And so there's actually a British um, Air Force pilot who thinks that he saw them accidentally bomb Glenn Miller's plane. Oh my god. Or a plane that fit the description. Of okay. plane, and his plane was a very specific plane. Okay. Um, oh, again, that plane had known issues. They knew that that plane, in cold weather, the in- the engines would like freeze, freeze. Up and kind of just like drop. But they on let the him sky. get on a plane. They still let him get on the plane
0: during inclement weather.
1: During a bomb raid, that
0: would close airports for weeks.
1: Somebody wanted this guy dead. <laughs> yeah. Also, he died December, I think, 15th. They didn't say anything until Christmas Eve. Oh, my oh God. wait, so he he they rep- found him? They never found him, but they knew that he didn't make it. So okay. they knew
0: that day that he didn't get to
1: where he was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And they didn't report it until, like, 10 days later, December 24th.
0: That's horrible.
1: Yeah. Christmas Eve? Oh, my God.
0: So what, his family was just, like, sitting around, like, wondering?
3: Yeah, his family had no idea. Um, crazy. So remember this every time you hear one of his hits. <laughs> um there's a
1: couple different theories as to why they didn't say it until later. One of them was that it was a government cover up.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I mean if he uh got killed during friendly fire. I was gonna say, if
0: he was shot down. Yeah, if probably... he was shot
3: during friendly fire like that. Yeah, you wouldn't
1: want to cover it. Up. Another one was there's uh speaking of prostitutes. There is a theory that he actually died of a heart attack in the arms of a prostitute in (sighs) France.
0: Oh yeah, and and So they just say kind of that he got on a
1: plane. They said that he died
3: in a military attack. Oh. How did they go from he died in the air <laughs> to, via a plane to like, oh, actually, this is what really happened. And he was he made it to France. Well, that's uh,
0: actually if- he was cruising around for prostitutes <laughs> in France. <laughs> the
3: like of in that case, I would be like, oh, um, Germans shot him. Yeah. Right? Just be like, I don't know.
1: The Nazis did it. Exactly. Learn. Um, Another theory is that it's a government cover-up, and this one is kind of collaborated by his brother. Okay. So his brother thinks he actually died of an illness. Like, maybe he was exposed to something since he's in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, because they have letters where he wrote back and forth to his brother.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And in his letters, um, he wrote to his brother... I am totally, uh, I am very ill. Although I am eating enough, I have trouble breathing and I think I am very sick. Oh. He lost a lot of weight. Um. He was also quoted, Glenn Miller was quoted as, I have an awful feeling you guys are going to go home without me. He oh. had told that to one of the other band members. Okay. And so his brother thinks that he had somehow gotten very ill, maybe was exposed to something and then illness just took him over. And the military did not want it getting out, that they had accidentally poisoned Glenn Miller, in a sense. Oh Oh my god. And so, that's why there's this, like... They were doing so much shady
3: shit back then. Yeah. And so... uh, That is
1: totally possible. Completely possible. So that, they just said... And that kind of explains why they say it was the disappearance. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they can't show you his body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, if Glenn Miller goes from being like this giant sturdy man to like this tiny frail individual. Oh, it's
3: basically like Steve Rogers, but in reverse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and so that's the theory that his brother is like. I, think I don't just even pay there. attention
3: to Marvel movies, but I need a <laughs> reference. Good job.
1: Yeah.
0: That can and, speak- that actually sounds pretty pretty sound.
1: Yeah, I think the fact that it's. it's Uh, his brother has the letters Mm -hmm. and he's just like i just think my brother died of some type of illness and even in the letters led miller was talking about how he was just becoming very sick and he didn't know why Mm -hmm. he was like i was i'm eating i'm exercising like i haven't done anything wrong he was a smoker but everyone was back then yeah that was just the thing you did but it doesn't it didn't like maybe lung cancer could have gotten him but it doesn't explain like why, in the course of two years, all of a sudden...
0: All of a sudden, he's just, like, he just from healthy to sickly.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that's the disappearance of Glenn Miller, you know? He just got on a plane and just disappeared. Um, he was officially, like, pronounced gone in 1945. And he was given, like, military honors. And that's the
3: story of the disappearance of Glenn Miller. Did I never knew that. And, like, I've been listening to him, you know, my entire life. Yeah, I think... Everyone, like,
1: knows Glenn Miller. You've seen Pleasantville, you know Glenn Miller. Mm-hmm. Anytime they have any swing music in movies, it's Glenn Miller. And I never considered, like, oh, this man's probably dead now.
3: Well, I mean, I, I considered he was dead, but I just thought because, you know, he's old. Yeah. that he was. Yeah, because, yeah. well, because you hear about the celebrities that are part of the conspiracies, but you never, like, you have never hear Glenn Miller. Yeah. He's not somebody that comes up. You hear Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. you hear mm-hmm. the the Kennedys, you know, all that. I think they were like into really seedy Yeah.
1: Like fun conspiracies. Mm-hmm.
0: Glenn Miller's conspiracy. Well I mean, more that's just a pretty
3: like, well, the government
0: covered up his death.
3: hmm well, the the government uh, covered up Kennedy's death too, but he was a president. Yeah. He wasn't as big as a president. Yeah. And Marilyn Monroe was like the, the bombshell, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, and she was banging the president and That's his true. brother.
0: It all comes back to the president
3: and his mm. brother. His brother. <laughs> Sophie
1: hold your liquor better. Do <laughs>
0: do everyone
1: This second drink is brought to you by whiskey. Or the second story is brought to you by whiskey. Mm -mm,
0: mm -mm,
3: mm -mm. Ooh, what are you guys drinking? Um, Alcohol. Yes.
1: I made peach, strawberry, mint. Smashes? Smashes, I guess, with whiskey. Okay. Natalie
0: made homemade brulee lemonade.
1: Yes. delicious. So I took some lemons and I brulee them and um, made lemonade. And then I mixed that with strawberries and mint, and then I used my peach whiskey,
3: and I made this delicious-ass strawberry smash. Is this recipe also going to be up on the Instagram and Tumblr? No. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes, it will. I'll put that up.
1: Thank you for reminding me that I need to do my part fucking cunt. Yeah, lady I've been doing bitch. all the work
3: all week <laughs> oh and I've God. been dying but I've been still working how I've been making enough stars. Oh, is your back hurting for yeah. carrying
1: this podcast? Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes it is.
0: While we're on the topic of uh, missing flights I have a story about a very famous missing flight um, that happened in 2014 so semi-recent.
3: So we should remember this?
0: We should remember this. It's uh, Malaysia Flight
3: 370. Oh, <gasps> shit. Yeah, Ooh, go on. Yeah.
2: Yes.
0: This was a, a big deal. It was in the news for years. Mm-hmm. So first, I just want to get through some facts.
1: Go on. Oh. So, Malaysia.
0: Malaysia Flight 370. On March 8th, 2014, 277 passengers and 12 crew members boarded a flight never to be seen again. So the flight was traveling from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing. So it was a pretty long flight. It was going to be flying over the ocean. Mm -hmm. Um, The flight left at 1241 a.m. And it had reached its cruising altitude at about 102 a.m. And then that's when stuff started to go weird. All of the systems started to be switched off manually. Oh. Yeah, so first the reporting system uh which was basically sending information back to the tower mm-hmm. was switched off almost as soon as they reached cruising altitude
1: like switch off like the pilot had to do it? yeah
0: like someone okay. had to physically like switch off so that's why this is like a really weird thing mm-hmm. that they purposefully started to um remove communication like from the plane to the tower uh the last voice communication was at 119 So this is less than an hour after the plane took off. Mm -hmm. And then the transponder was switched off two minutes later, the 121. So we're barely like 30 minutes into the flight and all systems have been turned off. At about 1.30, the Malaysia military uh, began tracking the plane because they were like, we don't know what's going on. This plane's going off the radar is really weird. And they watched the plane start to veer off course. So it was supposed to be to head straight for Beijing, but instead it started to like veer off over the ocean.
1: Oh, that's okay. weird. Super yeah. weird.
0: And then uh, almost an hour later at 2.22, the military lost contact with the plane. The last record of the plane was at 8.11 a.m. And this wasn't even known for, I believe, almost a year Because there was a satellite that just happened to be tracking the plane, but no one knew it. Oh. Yeah, so the satellite was tracking, uh, was picking up signals from the plane, but it lost contact at about uh, 8, 11. So they knew, like, a general area of where the plane was going, but since all the systems had been switched off, it was hard to uh, locate it exactly.
1: So when you say the military lost contact, like... So they were following it and they were and following they it and they watched it,
0: it yeah. Because it went outside of their... Uh,
1: jurisdiction. Okay. Well,
0: no, their, like their reach. Oh. It went so far off course that they could no longer find the plane. Because I guess that the way these systems work, they're not like global tracking. Like they have to be, the radar has to be within like a certain Air. area. Okay. That's why the uh, satellite was able to pick it up. But then even then, it went so far off course that the satellite could no longer reach oh. it either. So already, lots of weird stuff going on. Who knows what's going on? Uh, The military has no idea what's going on on this plane.
3: Space pirates.
0: Space pirates. Mm. um, I was actually getting to that. Um,
3: Sky waitress. waitress. Yeah,
0: sky waitress. uh, The space pirates took over the plane. No. So.
3: (laughs) Darth Vader, he boarded the flight midair. Because he is a space pirate. Because everyone knew that the
1: plans to the Death Star were on that plane. That's
0: true. You know (laughs)
1: and... Okay.
2: <laughs> so
0: almost immediately, uh, surf search efforts began, because mm-hmm. uh, they were like, we have no idea what happened to this plane. Uh, there's over 280 people missing, just gone. So they were searching pretty much anywhere from South China all the way to Australia, because they have no idea what this plane is. They knew the course that it was going, and then they saw, like, where it started to veer off course. So they pretty much just had a huge radius. So, it was determined that the plane crashed somewhere in the Indian Ocean. Um, it's a pretty big area. Yeah. But it is, it's is—it's extremely unlikely that anyone survived. Just because of the area it was in, it was a very secluded place in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: Like, even if they survived the crash in the ocean, no one's going to know they're there and come Yeah,
0: there's no way that they get to safety. Yeah, they're pretty much stuck in the ocean.
3: Like, this ain't no lost type bullshit where they just land on an island. Yeah, Um, there's nowhere.
0: Except to Amelia Earhart.
3: Amelia Earhart and her freckle cream.
0: The flight took off in March, and they were detecting pings from the black box on the plane all the way up until April 8th. So, for about a month, but the.
1: The That's battery. It's weird.
0: Yeah, so the battery in the black box it only lasts so long. Like long enough that they hope that someone can find the
3: plane. Yeah, the wreckage.
0: Yeah. So it lasted about a month and it was detected near Australia. Um but the pings were coming from like a wide area. So they're thinking that the wreckage was sort of floating through the ocean. Uh, so they kept finding, like, different pings from, like, around a certain area. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the black box died, the search went cold, and nothing was heard of until over a year later. In July of 2015, they found a piece of the plane. What? a piece of the plane washed up Oh my on... god. July
3: 2015. I feel yeah. like that's when we met you, Paul. <gasps> oh
2: my god. Yeah, actually, yeah.
3: Yeah, are you the wreckage <gasps> <someone? laughs> It's explains... all connected everyone. We're life. on to you.
0: It makes sense I am very awkwardly shaped.
3: You are
1: a wreck. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: I didn't think the academy. <laughs> we're all trash. Yeah.
0: So, July 29th, 2015, on a beach on the French island of Reunion. <gasps> a piece of debris washed up this <laughs> this, Is this island. the Reunion? This island was over 2300 miles from the area that they were actually searching for the plane.
1: Oh
3: my god.
0: So, either they were completely off or uh, the debris just like floating throughout the ocean just washing up on beaches. Uh, more debris was found. Um, They found it on shores of Tanzania, to Africa, to Madagascar, pretty much everywhere. But only three pieces were uh, actually identified as coming from the flight. And then, two years later, in 2017, uh, January, the search was called off. Um... They weren't getting any more hints. They couldn't find any more wreckage. Okay, they had to call off the search. Yeah, they're
3: not going to waste any more resources on it.
0: Exactly. But an American company called Ocean Infinity continued to search until May of 2017. But they also was James
3: Cameron a part of the search?
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure.
3: Yeah, I bet he He probably
0: was. That's why
3: they had so much money to keep it. He
0: likes to go into the ocean and look at wreckage. He's
3: going to be making a movie about this
0: i've never been outside the country
3: that's so sad i know we should take paul on a trip okay i
1: mean when we have money right now we're super poor please we are still accepting
3: donations (laughs) i just spent so much money on alcohol (laughs) i just spent so much money on making this a good podcast
0: if you want us to keep drinking please give us money Okay, July 2018, this was over four years after the disappearance, the Malaysian government issued its final report. Uh, In July of 2018, over four years after the disappearance, the Malaysian government issued its final report. They said that mechanical malfunction was unlikely uh, and the change in flight path was most likely from manual inputs. So that means that the pilot switched off all communication and then manually took the plane out into the middle of the ocean. That's basically what they're saying.
1: So he was just like, I want to die. Let me take a bunch of people with me.
0: Yeah. So get really sad for a second. Um, The most likely cause was exactly what you said. They think that all passengers were knocked unconscious on the plane uh, by the sudden depressurization okay so only the pilot was conscious during this time
1: i mean that's that's
3: better better. i I guess it's it's better i'd rather not know i was about to die yeah
0: Mm -hmm. and then the pilot
3: well that's that's the way everyone dreams of like well they don't no one dreams of dying but like if you're gonna die like you wanted to go in your sleep (laughs) you you know know what i
0: mean yeah (laughs) um they said it was most likely suicide
3: why, if you're gonna kill yourself, why, why take do it out that way? That many
0: people. Yeah, like, just why take out that?
3: yourself. Yeah.
0: One of the interesting thing, well, not interesting, really sad. Uh, before he went out into the middle of the ocean, because he started veering off course pretty much as soon as he reached altitude, uh-huh. he flew over his hometown.
2: Oh. Uh, and they think that he was like, suicide. yeah, that he was like
0: saying goodbye. So he oh. flies over his hometown and then goes out into the middle of the ocean and uh, takes down the plane. Super weird. I so would like to talk about some of the conspiracies now.
3: Okay. Okay. So now, This is why I hate men. They're selfish. <laughs>
0: you know what? Yeah. To take we're out around. 300 people just because you're sad. Yeah. So, a book came out called Flight MH370, The Mystery, um, that a lot of people were upset about because it came out pretty shortly after uh, the news of the plane had gone missing. Mm-hmm. Um, And it claims the plane was shot down during a military exercise and that the government was trying to cover it up. Um, The book pretty much didn't offer much proof of this. It's just sort of making claims. So that's why a lot of the families were really upset over it.
2: Yeah. They were saying that
0: it was really insensitive and too soon. Uh, The former Malaysian prime minister, Mahathir Mohamed, claims that the CIA knows exactly where the plane is. And that, quote, someone is hiding something.
3: Why would the CIA be... Like, our CIA? Our CIA, C- 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 yeah. Yeah, the, <laughs> we're the only one with, like, our people called the CIA. Well, uh, I'm just, like, maybe they have their own version.
1: The like, why would CIA. we be involved in Malaysia?
0: And then once again, no proof, he's just... It's, it's weird that, like, an uh, an ex-official, was, like someone who's very... With, hype. like, a
3: diplomat on board or something, like, why wouldn't that like be Why important? would we care?
0: Like, why would we care about the missing plane? And actually, uh... One of the other conspiracies is that the plane was taken to another country. Um, they think that the United States took the plane to I'm one of their military bases. We're
1: always involved in these things. We're, all,
0: we're always in somehow. Uh, another one is that Afghani terrorists hijacked the plane and uh, landed it in Afghan. I know what you're thinking. How could someone take a plane and fly it to another country without being <gasps> seen?
1: David Copperfield.
0: Yes. Yes. It hid behind another plane.
1: Is real? No, it makes
0: absolutely no sense. They claim that's how they claim they it like, happened. the
1: whole stage.
3: Yes, that
0: to <laughs> avoid radar. Didn't
3: tell her were there.
0: That they hid behind another plane, so the plane remember would that have trick to...
3: where they hid the elephant. It's the same thing. Yeah. Well, there you go.
0: Except flying uh, a thousand feet in the air. You know. So yeah. To take it so to like, another country, it hid behind another plane to avoid radar detection.
1: It, does that work?
0: No. They said that in order for that to happen it would be it, it would have to stay extremely close to the other plane.
1: I was gonna say so you would than be able to like. Yeah, see so it. more than
0: likely it's not how that happened. And of course, whenever anything happens, uh, the best place to get your news is uh, Twitter.
1: Yeah. hmm
0: So a lot of users took to Twitter. To uh, Talk about the disappearance. Uh, a lot of people think it was aliens.
3: Ooh! It's
0: always aliens. They're,
3: aliens are real, guys. It's true. I mean, I'm they, not saying aliens they, aren't real. I'm just saying I don't know what they care have about. Affected they abducted relations like 370. In, you know, so many ways. And you know what? I want to say this one's bullshit.
1: <laughs> uh, there you hear it. There you have it, guys, from our expert. I'm an Resi- expert.
0: Residential uh, alien expert.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then finally, uh, my favorite conspiracy, Pitbull predicted the flight disappearance in 2012. The rapper? The rapper. Mm -hmm.
3: Okay, please elaborate. Mr. Worldwide. He would know. He is Mr. Worldwide.
0: So, uh, in a song that he put out in 2012, uh, there were some lyrics in that song that people are now connecting to the flight uh, some of the lyrics are uh, quote Now it's off to Malaysia, and two passports, three cities, two countries, one day. So obviously, the what? now it's off to <laughs> I'll explain. Now it's off to Malaysia. Obviously, Malaysian flight. Yeah. Now about the two passports. So two passengers on the plane uh, were two um, Iranians who used stolen Australian and Italian passports to board the plane. And that's what the two passports is referring to.
1: Okay.
0: The three cities is referring to the capitals of Malaysia, China and Vietnam. And then Why? <laughs> you know what?
1: Like I can just pick three <laughs> random capitals too.
0: Because they were flying from Malaysia to China and Vietnam.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> at <laughs> some point someone on the plane. Was in the area. They were missing
3: their connection. <laughs>
0: So that was the uh, disappearance of Malaysia Flight 370. Um, yeah.
3: Okay. Please give us your money. Oh, so um, you guys did uh, stories about mm-hmm. missing planes. Yes. Um, I'm going to do one about, I guess, a missing passenger. Um, everyone here knows the story of D.B. Cooper, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hijacked um, a plane. He hijacked a plane in Oregon. Um, got those dollar, dollar bills. Yes. Yeah. Ask for ransom money. Yeah. And then just kind of parachute out of the plane and, like, like a boss. Like a boss. No one ever heard about him ever again. He was okay. a big he got away successful with
0: it. hijacker. Yeah. That's crazy.
3: This story isn't going to be about D.B. Cooper because if you want to know more about D.B. Cooper, you could look it up on your own. There's so many um, documentaries. There's a whole wiki page about him. And, um,. There's a really good BuzzFeed Unsolved episode about him. Oh. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. Anyways, I'm gonna talk about uh Tina Mucklow, who was actually one of the flight attendants on this particular flight. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I don't think I've ever heard of Tina. Well, you know he interacted with the flight attendant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you do not know, know her by
1: name. Obviously people were on the flight. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so,
2: he was all alone. No pilots. <laughs>
3: Anyways, uh, Tina Mucklow in the 70s was a young flight attendant from Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. Um, She had been working as a flight attendant for a few years now. Like, she wasn't brand new, but, you know... She's still young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she just living her life and enjoying. Yeah, I mean it's the, the '70s. Travel. She's uh, being a free woman. They had Everyone's really doing things. quaaludes.
0: <laughs> they had really cute uniforms. They did they
3: did have super cute uniforms. And flights
0: were like super fancy.
3: Um, she said what encouraged her to be a stewardess at this time was um well obviously the travel involved and you know she wanted to see the world. Yeah, because I mean. She really never got out of the Pacific Northwest in Portland. She uh, started off as a, her first job. Well, I don't know if this was her first job. It's one of her first jobs. The job before this job. Prostitute. She, um, <laughs> a, I mean, she probably looked like one at, the, at this place. It is the 70s. Um, she worked as a um, cocktail waitress. Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. At, like, this snazzy club. I don't think it was, like, a Playboy club, but, you know, they dressed up. Mm-hmm. At these clubs, it's kind of, like, a regular thing for guys to hit on you, right? Yeah, to 70s. I mean, especially if you're, like, a scantily clad uh, mm-hmm. cocktail waitress. Someone's gonna hit on you. She recalls that one evening, a man um, came in. He seemed like really interested in her mm. and he he said he was a pilot right okay she, she just remembers this man he was a, so
0: she's all over that
3: a lot older she actually she didn't really give a fuck she was just like okay this is just like a normal thing and he's like you know I'm a pilot cool. oh yeah that's cool haha <laughs> uh-huh, please keep tipping me yeah I mean I could be interested in any job if you're
1: giving me money
3: He's like, you know, just based on the way I've seen you, like, here, like, how you, you uh, work, your work ethic, basically, that uh, you would make a good fit for a stewardess, you know? Get out and see the world, that kind of deal. Okay. Weird flex, but cool. Like, yeah, and of- she's like, okay, this guy is uh, totally just trying to, you know. Get it. Get it. Yeah you know what i am gonna be a flight attendant <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a good idea creepy guy yeah and um so he he um gives all my
0: life choices off of a random bar patrons <laughs> he, um,
3: <laughs> that's yes, why i frequent them so often that, that's, i mean that, that's true this is where you network people yeah um so he uh gives her a piece of paper on it it this has a number on there. He said, mm. call, call this number if you want a job as a stewardess, basically. And she's like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. He's at the recruiting department <gasps> of American Airlines. <laughs> you know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> it's fucking weird, right? Yeah. So it wasn't what she thought, and it wasn't just, like, some guy, like, hitting on her. Yeah. But she's just like, this is a weirdly weird encounter. She calls the number. I don't know if I would call the number. (laughs) This is the '70s. (laughs) That's true. This is the '70s. This girl wants money. This guy said he was a pilot. She might have wanted to get all that. Yeah, she
0: she wanted the uh, the pilot D.
3: Anyways, um, so it ended up being like a legitimate like phone number, and uh, she was put on the phone with somebody that like eventually led to an interview. So it ends up being legitimate. <laughs> okay. This guy I mean good for her. I mean this guy has connections and she's like she's not mad about it. No. I mean if someone
1: was like, you know what, you'd be good for a job. And then they I actually got a job out of it, that would be
3: amazing. It would and be not great. just like sexually harassed.
1: Yeah.
3: Amazing. And anyways, from this she um Got her job as a stewardess, and she worked for Northwest Orient Airlines, which we know today as Delta. Okay. Oh, it was close. Yeah. <laughs> um. So on this particular day, this flight, it's um, it's the busiest time of year, the holidays. It's the day before Thanksgiving, mm. November twenty fourth, nineteen seventy one, mm-hmm. and um. You know, Tina's making sure, like, to, to fucking work. She's getting that bread. Work it. She's putting in them hours. Yes. yes. To her, this is easier money than being a cocktail waitress because you know what comes with being a cocktail waitress? All the fucking chuzma. You know, we don't want that. that.
0: And sexism.
3: Sexism, yes. I mean, that comes with stewardess, yeah. too. Yeah, that's true. But with a stewardess, but at least you get a fly. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're a little bit more respected. hmm a That's true, it was like the job Because if you're flying then You were a rich person
0: That's true so, a cocktail waitress to sky
3: waitress you, you had to have some money to be flying Mm-hmm. Anyway, she's getting that bread um, By this point In her work day um, She had already made a full trek Across the United States Her day had started in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And um, Where it ended the night before Because she's from Portland and, uh, they had already made stops in Minneapolis, Great Falls, and Missoula, Missouri. Okay. And, um...
0: Missoula.
3: They're stopping in Portland to pick up some more people. And then they were going to fly to Seattle, which she had planned to, um... Go to f- Seattle, finish her day yeah, there. and like her night. And then just take a really quick flight back to Portland, and she was going to spend Thanksgiving with her family. Mm. Cute. Because... Family. family. Yeah, family. I'm glad she has one. Not everyone in our stories will have one. <laughs> <laughs> not at, not, at not everyone story. has a family. Not
0: at the end of the story.
3: So it's supposed to be an easy last leg of her trip. Mm-hmm. It's um, Portland to Seattle, which is not very long. 30 minutes max. I was going
0: to say, it's less than an hour.
3: I think, think it's like two hours to drive there. No, yeah, yeah, But I mean like flight. Flying, it's nothing. It's cool. Whatever. Doesn't seem like anything crazy. Yeah, it's would just happen. like an easy flight, maybe half an hour in the air. Like, give people a soda. Yeah, that's it. Because you could
0: throw some peanuts at someone.
3: Yeah, it's like a really quick one. She doesn't even have to like serve the full meals, it's like you know some of these just longer ones. Just a quickie ones. in it's the just air. Just a quickie thing. Mm-hmm. Just a quickie. Anyways, she recalls that as they were um, loading in passengers from Portland. Um, that there was an older middle-aged guy that to her looked really really familiar but she wasn't like sure where she knew him from but she knows like she knows she recognized the face right okay and um this man he sat towards the back of the plane it was out of her section so she's like "Uh, I'm not not gonna talk to him Mm -hmm. yeah like I'm not gonna pretend like hey Jim (laughs) oh
1: it's Jim yeah exactly I'm a flight attendant now. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so she uh, continued on with her duties.
0: Oh.
2: So we has
3: balls in her mouth. give her some privacy. Give me some time, okay?
0: This uh, this episode brought to you by Balls in the Mouth.
3: Yep. Everyone's favorite game.
0: A heckin' good time.
3: I <laughs> <And> she's making. <laughs> I
0: was supposed to be in church today, but I got balls
3: ball in, in my mouth. mouth. <laughs>
1: okay, I'm so sorry. Go on. I'm drunk. <laughs>
3: You're both drunk. I think Paul's (laughs) drunk. Probably. He drank more. He did. Okay. Um, As, you know, she's doing... Oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry. Paul's doing... Ah! Turn off his mic. (laughs) So, as she's making her rounds through the aisle, mm -hmm, um, helping people with what they need, peanuts and drinks and all that, peanuts get your penis
0: peanut sounds like penis that's why i (laughs) left.
3: okay another stewardess approaches tina her name's florence schaffner schaffner and um she's really panicked when she approaches tina and tina's like what the fuck's wrong with you what's happening see florence is new okay she's only been you know doing the stewardess gig a little while (laughs) okay so it's not necessarily uncommon for her to run up panic to her yeah she's probably like Tina's basically like oh what the fuck now like just hand people the drinks that they want give them peanuts if they want extra peanuts I don't fucking care just give them the peanuts she's a newbie she can't do her job very well Tina's like over it But she's like, okay, what's wrong this time? Let's hear it. Come on. And, you know, just figured it would be something she'd be able to solve. Yeah. But then Florence stuffs this like crinkled up note into Tina's hand and tells her to read it. And then gestured over to that guy that um, Tina recognized towards the back of the plane and she said this 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 man over there he handed me this note oh shit and then Tina's like okay you got a phone number from a guy it happened like a hand drawn penis <laughs>
1: <laughs> the first dick pic
3: <laughs> and she's just like bitch please and then she looks at the note and she like looks back at Florence looks back at the guy and looks at the note
2: Rocky. and then like
3: Florence Pride. is like
2: it's real <laughs> his pants. Yeah.
3: and in the crumbled up piece of paper in neat all capitalized letters it read I have a bomb in my briefcase oh shit oh. <laughs> so Florence is fucking panicking with good reason yeah I mean that's,
1: that's way worse than someone's like I want more peanuts when yeah. I have a
3: bomb so she reads it, and she's just like, oh, fuck. But she doesn't let that show on her face. She's, she is a professional. Mm-hmm. She is a professional. I mean, she was a cocktail waitress. She dealed with the worst of them. It's true. Especially in Portland. Seedy people are in Portland.
0: I believe it.
3: Also, I think when you're a waitress, people just treat you shitty. Yeah, exactly. So she's like, okay, um, don't panic. Take my section... I'll go talk to him. Just keep the passengers calm. Oh, God. Isn't there, like, an air marshal or something on this flight? Not on all flights. No, it like, really it's random. Oh.
0: oh. See, I'm just used to there, like, I've always heard that there's just an air marshal on every flight or something. But
1: I think there used to be, like,
3: random, very, very rarely, mm-hmm. but after terrorism. So she walks to the back where this man is sitting. And he he just smiles at her. And he asks for her to sit with him. Okay. I mean, it's really weird. But
2: Super
1: you mean weird. He he a- already? He's like, he I a got bomb. a bomb. Sit on my lap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah like so you don't say no to someone who that has a bomb. bomb.
3: And then she's very quietly, like, asks to see the bomb. Like, you know, so she knows he's not just like. Can I see it? You know, like fucking with them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because well, um, I don't know if you realize this, but in the seventies, hijackings were a normal thing. Yeah. They were a normal thing. Yeah, they, they happened frequently. Interesting. No, like I was even like asking my mom if she remembered. Well, she wouldn't have remembered anything about DB Cooper, but like, had she ever even heard of this case? Because. She, I don't know, they they talk about her in the news mm-hmm. every time, like, the anniversary comes up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, but in the 70s, like, hijackings happened all the time. And I was like, oh. Okay. That's a weird
1: tidbit. Yeah. Super weird.
3: I mean, she just wants to be sure like, there is real danger, mm-hmm. and he's not just fucking with her. And so he opens his briefcase that he has on his lap, and um, he reveals eight red cylinders attached to red wires, Attached to a big battery. Oh, Oh, that sounds like a bomb. That sounds like a
1: bomb. Sounds like a bomb. A bomb. (laughs) I mean, I don't know much about bombs, but But if I just saw a bunch of
3: wires in a briefcase,
0: Mm -hmm. I'd be
1: like, okay, you you can
3: (laughs) fool me. Yeah, Yeah.
0: that's. You can have
3: whatever you want. And then she's like, okay, so um, what do you want? Like, yeah, like what are your demands? Yeah, what, what do you need me to do? I got you. Let's go. He's like. You know, I'm really glad you came to this section and I'm not dealing with the other one over there because she's she's freaking out. Mm-hmm. Florence is like watching them behind mm-hmm. a curtain like, what is happening? <laughs> I need to go to the cockpit. But like, like I'm, wait-
1: to the cockpit, <laughs> I'm waiting for <laughs> Tina to times. tell
3: me what to do. Florence needs a mind of her own. Florence is still new. Calm down. Would you be able to handle like a bomb on your first day? i probably not. It's not her first day though. Well, I mean, two weeks in or something. I don't know. And then he's like, okay, these are my demands. Uh, $200,000 in negotiable American currency. Mm. Four parachutes. Mm -hmm. No more, no less.
0: I feel like $200,000 is not enough.
3: In the 70s it was. I feel like if
0: you're going to hijack a plane, like, go big or go home.
3: Maybe you knew, like, they wouldn't have been able to get the bus Uh, That makes sense. And then I want a fuel truck standing by in Seattle to refuel. And then she's like, okay, fine. Um, I'm going to go up and let the pilots know so they can radio it in.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: So she goes, she tells the pilots what's going on. She's like... This is a very real threat. I saw the bomb. Like, we need to take this seriously. Please radio this in as soon as you can. Anyway, she comes back out. Looks down the aisle. Sees him at the back of the plane. Now, um, put on sunglasses? He's a cool guy. Uh-huh.
0: Now okay. no one will know who he is.
3: Cool guys walking away from explosions. There you go. This is D.B. Cooper, guys. Okay, um, so all of this is happening the guy has his sunglasses on but as far as the passengers know um they're saying because of some sort of difficulty on the ground they can't land hmm. okay okay so um this 30 minute flight gets extended to two hours because they're oh. basically just circling around seattle trying to you know Make sure, um... For their next step. Yeah. Well, D.B. Cooper is making sure they have everything ready to go when they're on the ground. Because he basically wants, um, to just get there, get his, what he demanded, and then they're going to get up on the air again. Okay. So, on the ground, police are scrambling. Police and FBI. The FBI is involved. Oh, shit. Because, you know, it's a hijacking.
0: Yeah. What about the CIA?
3: I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so they're and they're mobilizing the emergency personnel. They don't know if there's gonna be a big thing going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you they don't know.
1: know. Like, does he also have to a gun? Is he gonna blow up the plane?
3: Yeah. Like how do they know nothing bad is gonna happen even if we give them all this shit? Yeah. They need to be ready. Meanwhile, Tina's sitting with this guy the entire time. <laughs> Basically just well, I mean, she's still tending to, like, uh, Florence's original section, but, mm. she's, like, whenever she, nobody, uh, She's, like, walking around, giving people drinks, <laughs> too. Yeah, she, she is. She's trying to keep up appearances, but, like, anytime she doesn't have to deal with anyone, she's back in that seat uh-huh. talking to him.
1: That would be so nerve-wracking.
3: Yeah. But Tina, you know, stone-faced. Professional. She's, she's, a pro- she's a pro. He's She says he's very nice, he was friendly, he stayed calm the entire time. He was even pointing out landmarks on the ground from, like, the window. What a weirdo. And, um, as they were flying over, and so she took it that he he knew the area pretty well, Mm -hmm. like, he was a local. Mm -hmm. The FBI gets the money together, they get the parachutes, but then Cooper is like, Yo, Tina, ask them if it's, um if they're military parachutes or if they're civilian parachutes. She goes to the cockpit. She has them radio in to ask their military grade. And he's like, nah, civilian only. Oh, you'd think you'd want military grade. Well, um, there is a theory there that it's because he um, might not have known how to operate the milita- uh, military parachutes, and okay. he would only ever use civilian ones. Okay. So, that, that might be sense. why. So, so, Tina is acting as the messenger between this guy and uh, the cockpit and the people on the ground. He's basically saying, we're not landing this plane until you make sure I have everything. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So when they finally come back and say, "All right, we have everything that you need," he's like, "All right, we're good to land. Let's go." But um, when they landed, he made sure that all of the shades in the plane were uh, pulled down, so no one could see inside. He's such a drama queen, this guy. <laughs> well, it was because he didn't. He wanted to make sure like snipers couldn't look in, look in, mm-hmm. and like just you know get him right away. And also, uh, he wanted to make sure that they were out in the open, so, like, there couldn't be anybody, like, hiding, waiting to just come into the plane.
0: Okay. Waiting to snatch
3: And up. then once, once he was sure that it was all cleared, he gave the okay for somebody to approach, uh, the plane with everything that he had asked for. hmm mm-hmm. But he didn't want any police near the plane. Yeah. So they just sent, I think, like, a janitor? And then he um, okayed the fuel truck, the person who operates the fuel truck, to come in. Okay. And he made Tina take an inventory of everything before he was like, Okay, this is good. Hmm. We have everything I asked for. Really like looking to Tina as Mm -hmm. like a team player here. Yeah, Mm -hmm. super weird. Yeah. So she falls along with it. In later interviews, she states that it was easy to not question anything, Because he seemed so Mm self-assured. Like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. He said it was a little thrilling, actually. Mm. Mm. She takes inventory of everything. She's like, it's all here. We got it. And then when everything is accounted for, uh, he releases the passengers. Well, after the passengers were released, only the flight crew was allowed to remain on board. Mm -hmm. Because he wanted... He needed them. He needed them. Um, the only, uh, person in the flight crew that was allowed to, uh, get off was Florence. Because she was very, very scared. Because she was a hot mess. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Poor Florence.
3: So they're back in in the air. He told the pilots, I want you to go to, uh, I think, Cabo? All of you are staying up here locked in the cockpit. I'm gonna chill back here with Tina. Don't come back here. I still have a bomb. Tina said she sat with the guy and then he requested that um she walk with him to the air stairs as he is um strapping on his uh parachute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh she notes that he began to like tie a rope around his waist for something, even though he's already having like a parachute attached to him. Okay. At this point It's not really clear what happens to the man we know as DB Cooper, because um, well Tina did walk with him to the air stairs, and she said that they opened up Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. um, he asked her to uh, to open it to Mm -hmm. open it because he was getting ready to jump. But then um, she says he asked her to um walk back to the cockpit and sit with them. They just know that D.B. Cooper was no longer on the plane, and they know, they think they felt when he jumped, but no one can clarify if that was true or not, because they, because I guess they made a note of what time they felt something Uh leave the plane. I guess they could track where he would have landed, like the vicinity. Mm -hmm. There was no trace of him. So what they're thinking is, um... it might have. He might have either fallen or jumped off at a completely different time. We're not. We're not really sure what happens. But um, there is a theory that dear old Tina might have actually pushed them. Oh. So there is a theory that Tina. Remember, she said she recognized him, yeah. and that's all she yeah, said. Yeah. They. Th- a lot of people suspect that she was actually working for him he was the man from the bar who told her to get that job oh, the guy that
1: was like you would be a good
3: steward yes <gasps> okay and so that's why she would have pushed him because they were working together and she got greedy
1: oh and tina saw
3: the perfect opportunity it was like bye bitch. basically
1: holy shit, tina S- yep I mean, I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this
3: motherfucker. This has been
0: going on for hours. Yeah. You're like, I'm so over she's this like, shit. like, I want
1: to go home for Thanksgiving. I want to see my family go. hmm
3: Okay. I'd probably push him, too.
0: I wonder if he was even wearing a parachute. He didn't even get it <laughs> on, and she's just like, bye.
3: <laughs> well, shortly after this was all said and done, and they couldn't find a trace of D.B. Cooper, mm-hmm. she, Tina... She quit being a stewardess. Understandable, but um, she joined a convent. Oh, oh. which is like real, guilt. Really, really strange. Catholic guilt is strong. Catholic though. guilt. hmm The money um was eventually found, but it was like scattered. Well, not scattered, but it was split up among the um the crew. They got like money in the mail, and they were able to trace it back to the money that.
1: Uh, oh. So
0: they were paid off.
1: Maybe. Or someone with a guilty conscience, like uh. was like, here you
3: oh. go. That's the story of Tina Mucklow. Um. So thank you again for listening to us. I don't know why you're listening to us. Because
0: we're funny.
3: I guess we, we are pretty. This money. is. I mean, this is fun to record for us.
0: We're hilarious.
3: I mean, any reason to drink in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm
0: -hmm. Plane crashes are hilarious. Funny. So
1: funny. So funny. (laughs) 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 Um, Please like and subscribe. Please rate us.
3: Let us know if there's anything you would like to hear about. uh, Please send send in your topic submissions because we're only three people. We can't think very much. That's true. The alcohol has destroyed our brains. Mm-hmm. It's true. My last uh, brain livers. cell is barely hanging on.
0: <laughs> so, look out for another episode next Tuesday.
3: Um. Yeah. Next Tuesday, we'll be back at ya.
0: Thanks for listening.
3: Oh, um, and now we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, and most, uh, streaming services, so no excuses, guys. Bam, bam, bam. So uh, please rate and subscribe. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you.